I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden to the absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I'm Mark Kendall, I'm an Atlanta-based comedian. Uh, Bill's away for today, but I'm super excited to talk about the Emmys, uh, a black lady sketch show, and even more. Uh, today's a special deep dive episode where our guest is Elrenthia Carter. And Elrenthia is a, an amazing, amazing writer and comedian. Uh, she's an Emmy-nominated television writer for her work on HBO a black lady sketch show she's also an incredible improv comedian uh and we're just so thrilled to have her on the show today uh to talk about her emmys experience her career in writing for television and maybe some fun games along the way so with that orenthia welcome so great to have you hooray i'm so excited to be here thank you absolutely absolutely so uh i'm very excited to start this first segment that we do with all of our guests it's called giving them their flowers so this is just where i give you a quick uh compliment and the only rule is you can't uh return it you just you just gotta accept this compliment all right oh my god uh, the yeah, cat yeah, recording yeah. me is dying okay <laughs> all right uh so Arantia, uh we first met uh, through the improv world, I met you in uh, in South Carolina, and you were a super talented improviser. And the thing that I really remember about uh, meeting you was just like your joy for comedy and for improv and for learning. <laughs> you know, like just like you just had like this um, brilliant mind, but also like a curious mind, and it just showed up on stage in the way that you attacked scenes and your scene work and everything else. And then so seeing everything that you have done since then is so awesome and absolutely no surprise. And so uh, very happy to know you and thank you for bringing joy to the things that you do. Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Thank you. I, I'm learning in therapy to just say thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just take the flower. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know what you mean. It's to, it's definitely weird when the, the like not being able to give it back, but also you're right. It's good. It's good just to take just take the, taking the flowers, taking the flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you're great. You're awesome. So like you deserve these flowers. So our first segment, ridiculous news nibbles. Uh, what I wanted to do for this one was, uh, you know, we're talking about your Emmys experience because you are Emmy nominated. You went to the Emmys and it's so cool. So uh, to start that conversation, um, our amazing researcher Casey pulled an article from Reader's Digest uh, by Brooke Nelson. And it's an article of 16 surprising things that you didn't know about the Emmy Awards. And so I just kind of wanted to share some of those facts before going to you, Alrethia, to get more about your experience. So some quick facts. So the first Emmy Awards uh, were held on January 25th, 1949, at the Hollywood Athletic Club. And this apparently was more of a low-key affair compared to what the Emmys are today. Uh, Tickets to attend were five bucks, uh, and they only handed out six awards, and that was it. Um, Wow. uh, Which was really interesting. And uh, the very first Emmy winner was a ventriloquist. Uh, so it was a 20 year old Shirley Dinsdale, uh, who became the first person to receive an Emmy along with her puppet named Judy splinters. And they won an Emmy for her role as a ventriloquist on a popular variety show at the time. And so they went on to star in their own children's show after that. Um, Well, now I want to know the backstory of Judy splinters because that sounds terrifying. question i didn't look it up but now i probably will after this be like i just want to know that that biopic like who is yeah did she get her own award those are right like did they hand out two emmys like one to like a little tiny one right 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 (laughs) that's a great question and i don't know but that's the that's the right question yeah Um, i'll look it up and i'll tell you later yeah yeah uh (laughs) this next fact i thought was just just really impressive so betty white uh, received an Emmy nomination in six different decades and end up winning in four what? different decades, which is wild. So oh. over a nearly 80 year career. So uh, they won an Emmy for their hosting appearance on SNL in 2010 uh, and, and going back decades from there. So uh, a very wow. long legendary career, of course. And I thought that, that was, was such a great well. episode. Of SNL. Oh yeah, I think that's one of my favorite episodes it's so of good. all time. Yeah, of SNL. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So those are some uh, quick, you know, like Emmy facts. But you know, the real thing that I'm super interested in learning more about, Arunthia, is, is your Emmy experience. You know, and yeah. and I just love to hear more about it. And I'm happy to start wherever you'd like to because I know there's so much that kind of goes into it. But uh, yeah, I, I just like to know, like, what was it like? going to the Emmys, what does that mean? And how, 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 what was that experience like for you? I mean, it was very surreal and it's still very surreal because, you know, as someone who is relatively new in the industry, like I've only been like a professional writer for maybe two years. It's not something that you, you hear about, like someone getting an Emmy nomination for their very first show you know and and so i'm still wrapping my head around being in hollywood period but then you add the emmys on top of it and it's like 
this is wild. This is a dream, but it's a great, it's a great dream, you know? And it's, it's one of those situations where you're like, okay, I did the work and I worked really hard to get here. And then things worked out. Like (laughs) you're not used to like getting those like things so quickly. I, I think anyway, but for me, like the day the Emmy nominations came out, like I knew they were coming. I had it on my calendar. I was like, you know what? I'll pay attention. I usually don't pay attention to like the announcement ceremony, but this time I was. And it got to the point, it was only like 15 minutes. So I was like, oh wait, they're not going to talk about writers in this 15 minute like (laughs) video. You know, they're like, okay, all the nominations are on the website. So I had to go to the website and there's like this PDF. It was very just matter of fact. And you search for your show, you search for your name and I see my name and I'm like, no, this is just like the entry <laughs> form. This is just like, okay, like these are the people who worked for a Black Lady Sketch Show. This is not like a nomination. And so I like closed my, I think I may have like blacked out for a minute. I closed my laptop. I got on my Peloton bike. I did a uh-huh. full workout on my Peloton just, to, oh, wow. just out of avoidance. And I waited until we got like an email from Robin Thede, who's the creator of our show. Yeah. And she's like, you guys did it. You're you're Emmy nominated. I'm like, oh, what? Okay, okay. <laughs> this is real. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the world found out, and then it kind of blew up. You know, like, I don't know, like, I guess they announced it to all the news. Like, I think, like, our local, one of our local outlets in Greenville, like, broke the story before I even got a chance to, like, oh, say wow. anything about it. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I haven't wrapped my head around this yet. And now everybody knows. (laughs) And for someone who likes to move in silence, you know, and just kind of like achieve things and then go to the next thing, Mm -hmm. that was like one of those accepting your flowers things where it's like, oh, wow, the whole world is giving me flowers and I just have to take it. Um, But it was was awesome. It was like, it was such a great day. Um, And it was really fun to be able to you know call my parents and tell them and you know explain what this all means and you know and explain like going to having a game to go to the ceremony and my Mm -hmm. of course my mom being a mom being well being a black mom in her 70s is like so do you have the money to go to the emmys (laughs) (laughs) and like this is not like going to like the senior like trip to Disneyland. Uh-huh. Like, this is going <laughs> to the Emmys. So, I don't know if I can afford to fly to the Emmys from South Carolina, but I'm going. Yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, it was great. And my dad, you know, my dad has been calling me Hollywood for the past two years. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. Ever since I started taking, like, screenwriting classes, because yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, of course you're going to be great at this, so yeah. I'm going to call you Hollywood forever. And yeah. so, he was pumped, and um, it was just, yeah, yeah, it was exciting. And so I took my sister as my date. Um, and she works in TV also. A lot, a lot oh, of people awesome. don't know that. Yeah. Um, so my sister works as a producer in the true crime space. Oh, wow. Um, so she does, like, murder, and I do laughter. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just how things happen. Yeah. But, yeah, so she was my date. And, you know, we got to go together, and that was a really special time for us, but the actual ceremony um, was awesome. It was like, it was like, imagine 
an office Christmas party, <laughs> but everybody at your Christmas party is famous. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> I, I got asked, like, who are some of the uh, most fun people to run into or meet or see? Because that sounds so cool. Well, one of the things are like, I, I knew that RuPaul was going to be there, oh, right? Awesome. And I've been a huge fan of RuPaul since I was like a kid, like yeah. in single digits. When, when RuPaul had the, was on Arsenio Hall. That's mm-hmm. how long I've loved RuPaul. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So RuPaul did two things that I will always remember. Uh-huh. So he's, he's, pre- he's presenting and uh, we go to like a, he's presenting an award. I forgot what award it was, but we go to like a video presentation and our table for a Black Lady Sketch Show is right behind the little podium. And so while the thing is on, he turns around and looks at us and he's like, any of you girls got a tissue? I need to, I need to blot. And like all of these women, it's a whole table of Black women. Uh-huh. We immediately go into our purses <laughs> and I'm like, I've got it. I've, and I almost was the one that got to give RuPaul a tissue but someone else beat me. <laughs> And it was like a, a like a moment of sisterhood. I feel yeah. um, with RuPaul, and then like the second one was like he actually won an award, but yeah. he went on stage with his like purse, mm-hmm. and I'm like, RuPaul's leaving. He's gonna get this award and he's gonna go. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. He put the like the thing in his bag and was like, bye. And I was like, if I can like predict my career. In like yeah. thirty years, I yeah. want to be the person that's like, you know what? I already knew it was gonna win, and I won it. So <laughs> I want to go to my ranch in Wisconsin with my husband and yeah. run my own business. But thanks for inviting me to your little party. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's so cool. That that's such a great story. And you know, another thing I'm curious too is like, I imagine that in addition to the ceremony, there's other things that you do either before or after, whether it's like mm-hmm. maybe parties or I, I don't know, I, I you know, I'm not yeah. sure, but what, what, what were some aspects of other things in addition to the ceremony that maybe you were surprised by or really interested in that other people may not know about when, when you get to go to the Emmys? Yeah. So there are, so there are actually two different Emmys uh, ceremonies. There's the creative arts Emmys and then there's like, the, the I guess they call them the primetime Emmys and that's what okay. you see on TV and so mm-hmm. with the creative arts Emmys it's mostly like writers and casting and reality and things like that and so mm-hmm. um, then they blend all of those two shows together but mm-hmm. all of the parties are the same so you get to go I actually got to go to parties after I had already gone to the Emmys and oh, so that awesome. was like okay alright I yeah. know I know how to do this and, you know, I'm not like a country bumpkin, but I was like, okay, I'm going to this. No one likes going to parties where you don't know anybody, right? But you're happening to go to parties where you, one, don't know anybody, and two, you've seen them on TV. And so it's wow. like, how how long do you stand by the punch bowl? Yeah, you know. And for me, being a total nerd, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like going online. I'm like, what do what does one do at Emmy parties? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the first party I went to was for nominees, and so you get to go, and they give you, like, this really fancy, like, gold pen, and you get to, like, kind of mingle with other uh, nominees in your category, and and that was, like, a nice, like, ramp up, because it's, Mm -hmm. like, 
real low key. They had a DJ. It was really fun. Yeah. And then, uh, and that was before the Emmys, actually. And then the next party after the actual Emmy seminary was ceremony was the party thrown by my agency. So, um, I'm an my agency is is United Talent Agency. Shout out mm-hmm. to my agent Luke. Yeah. And so they have a fancy party for all of their, their clients in okay. in California. And so I got to go to Beverly Hills to this party, awesome. and I was like. I guess I'll Uber it there. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I spring for the fancy Uber. It's like a Tesla. I'm like, okay, Yo, this that's is, awesome. This is, I am gonna be a problem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be <laughs> way too used to luxury, you know. Uh, yes. So I get to this party, and it's awesome, and it's like. It feels like a work party. Like, it's all these, like, really famous people, really fabulous people, but they're all like, yeah, yeah, this is just like, you know, a party, and we work together, blah, 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 but everyone's, like, really nice. So I basically, you know, was like, all right, well, I'm going to meet everybody I possibly can because I don't know the next Emmy party I'm going to be able to go to. Um, And so, and that was great. I mean, I met, like, Patton Oswalt and his wife. And... They were amazing. You know, so it turned out we'd done like the same podcast, like a couple of weeks apart. Oh wow! And so, yeah, it's like it's improv podcast where you yeah. you are like a character from like a horror movie, uh-huh. and my horror movie was Children of the Corn, and uh-huh. I was like the the chair of like the revitalization of of Gatlin, Nebraska after <laughs> all of the events. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's I'm going like way down on tangent, but like I met. Pat Oswald and his wife, and I met um, Sandra O, oh, and I met um, Issa Rae, which was like the only time I actually thought I was gonna cry. And I'm like trying to hold my shit together and being like, Issa, I've loved you since your YouTube like web series. Yes. And we be friends. And of course, she's <laughs> yeah, yeah. being really gracious. She's like, yeah, yeah, of course we can be friends. I'm like, I'm never gonna see this woman again. But it's fine. <laughs> you know. And then you get a year at the bar and you, you, I meet this guy from Australia. We're talking about how awesome Australia is. And he's like, well, let me introduce you to my wife. And it's Sarah Snook from Succession. What? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this is your wife? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, gorgeous, of course. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, Hey, and I don't, I don't really watch Succession, so I was just like, I had no, no basis to talk to her. I was like, hey, I love your work. Very <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But she was great. She was really yeah. nice. She was like asking me questions. I was like, do you really want to know about South Carolina? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, so cool. yeah. So it's all to say is like, I think I was like, I went through the whole experience just with a sense of wonder and being like a new kid at school and just like learning about all the different types of people and what they do and how they're like, what they're like behind the camera. And, you know, everyone was, was really, was really nice and really like interested in hearing my story. And, you know, a part of that is like, you know, Hollywood, they want to know kind of like what you bring to the table, but they also are like, Oh, you're new. You're not jaded yet. Let me yeah. kind of grab onto you and get some of your hopefulness. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With amazing and crazy topics for picking to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. So we're back with our amazing special guest, Renthia Carter. Renthia, it was great hearing about your Emmys experience. That was so fun. And I wanted to follow up and ask you some questions about what got you to the Emmys in the first place, which is your work on a Black Lady sketch show. And so similar to how we started talking about the Emmys, kind of same thing. I mean, it's just like so much, I imagine, went into getting into that staff, being on that staff, working on that staff. So mm-hmm. what was that experience like? It, any any part of that process, I'd just love to hear uh, about your experience doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was equally magic, as magic as being Emmy nominated for me. I mean, and I think what I've learned about this industry, it's, it's like 80% talent and grit and then 20% of right place, right time, and knowing the right people. It really is about who you know. But for me, I started, you know, I was working at Columbus University, as you know, and I was taking, you know, screenwriting classes at night because mostly because I wanted to move to LA for LA for, for improv purposes. Like I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I wanna be an improviser in a bigger city. Mm-hmm. But as you also know, you don't make money doing improv, so you have to have a job. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, I like writing. I'll do that. So I took these classes at night. And then when the quarantine happened and improv was taken away, and I'm sure you know how that feels, mm-hmm. I had to figure out like what normal people do with their weekends. Yeah. Like what yeah. do you like what do people do like on Saturday night when they don't have right. a, like two or three shows, you know? Yeah. And so I decided to double down and just like treat learning screenwriting like getting another degree and Mm -hmm. I just took as many classes as I could because I had the time to do that Mm -hmm. um and so in one of those classes I kept in touch with a group of of women and one of them reached out to me about a year later like you know Black Lady Sketch Show is accepting sketch packets and I think you should submit and I thought okay yeah I never 
I honestly never thought about it. I mean, it was my favorite show at the time. But I was always thinking, you know, I'm going to go in a direction of working on a sitcom, you know, doing like a half hour or, or something like that. That was what my training was going to be in. But I decided to submit. I was like, you know, I have nothing to lose. I know how to write sketches. I know how to be in sketches. So I'll just do it. And so I wrote a sketch packet and, you know, I submitted it on like a Monday or Tuesday. And by Wednesday, I got an email asking for an interview um, wow. or in Hollywood speak a meeting okay <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm talking like i still am like civilian speak so a meeting and so by like that thursday i was on a zoom call with robin Thede. oh my god in my little apartment in south carolina yeah. like trying not to freak out that robin Thede is on my like <laughs> my, yeah. my 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 screen oh wow and she's asking me about myself and asking yeah. how i heard about the job because it, i didn't apply through uh, representation. I didn't have an agent or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. she was like, how did you find this? And I was like, oh, I had some friends that let, let me know and I decided to submit. And she's like, yeah. what? And I'm like, yeah. And so she's like, I think yeah. you're really talented and, you know, we'll, you know, she actually said I was a delight, which I still ride on. I'm like, yeah. yes, I'm a delight. Yes. And, you know, the next, and she's like, oh, we'll let you know by Friday, either way. And so I had to go back to my normal life, still working at Clemson, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and actually, after that interview, I had to go back and meet with students, like, a, you know, my normal day. Yeah. And that Friday, I was like, okay, it's coming today. I really want this job, but I know it's a long shot. So I was just like, okay, well, let's see how it happens. Mm-hmm. And I was just nervous. And mm-hmm. I got an email. It was, I thought it was going to be like a call. Mm-hmm. You know, like we love you. Come work for us. No, right, right, it was right. not. It was a it was a very dry email from a lawyer saying we're offering you this job. This is how much we're going to pay you, and we need to know if you want to take the job by like six California time. Oh my gosh! And so at that point, it gave me like an hour and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh! To accept to accept this job, and so of course, like the Emmys, I was like. I blacked up for a minute. I was like, okay, I have to go clean my bathroom. Like completely. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't deal with this. Come back, accept the job. And then I have to call my boss at home, you know, goes after hours in South Carolina. Yeah. And I love, I loved her. She was amazing. But I call and she's like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yes. So here's what's <laughs> going. Five minute explanation about what I've been doing for the past two years. That I've never told anybody. And this job starts on Monday. And so oh I have to gosh. And wow. she's like, oh, 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 okay. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like today it's Friday. We got Saturday and Sunday. I start this new job on Monday, which also happened to be Prince's birthday, which is auspicious. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so she, yeah, they were really, they were really supportive and they were just like, they knew about improv, they knew I do comedy, they know I've gone to LA and performed, but I don't know if they were like shocked or not, but they were really like, oh my God, yeah, this is amazing. Go, go for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got my start. That's such an amazing story. That's so cool. And I have yeah. some follow-up questions too. So um, so you mentioned you you submitted a sketch packet. And so can you talk some mm-hmm. about like what a sketch packet is and like what that yeah. entailed for you? 
Yeah, so if you're going to submit to any show like SNL or a Black Lady Sketch Show or even any of the, the late night shows, you know, like Fallon or um, The Daily Show, you have something called a packet. And each show is different. You know, some shows may want you to submit five sketches of your choice, you know, just to kind of give them a sense of what your voice is. Um, and the Black Lady Sketch Show was about the same. So they, they only allow you to submit like two sketches. And so I picked my, my favorite ones and really like buckled down and punched up jokes and then submitted that. But what they're looking for is they want to know like where your humor is, you know, what you think is funny, what you think is notable to do a sketch about. You know, if you're doing a sketch packet for say The Daily Show, they want to see what your command is of current events and how you respond to those current events. Um, a Black Lady Sketch Show is like, they want to know what you see is a is a, something worth exploring that is funny within a universe where only Black people exist, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's mostly Black, it centers Black women, and but some Black men are there, but it centers Black women. And so you, your comedy has to be able to, to live in that world. And it's not as easy as one may think, but it's really gratifying. And so um that's you know kind of where that's how my experience was with that and i've written other packets for other shows Mm -hmm. but this was the one the only one where i was like oh i get to talk about my specific experience as a black woman in comedy yeah and have that be read by somebody who's also a black woman in comedy and yeah it was fantastic that is that sounds fantastic for sure um how would you like you know you, you talk about your, uh, with a packet as an opportunity for you to show your point of view, show your comedic voice. How would you describe your comedic voice as, as a writer? How would you describe that? Um, for me, and I don't know if it's colored by just all my years in improv, but for me, I love absurd, silly comedy. I love when things go weird. I love like really pushing the limit of that 99% real, 1% weird that we all learn about in our first level of improv class. I love existing in that 1% weird yeah. and seeing kind of where, like, how that is affected by just normal everyday life. And I mean, it's the only thing we learn about improv. Like, regular life can be hilarious, but you yeah. pick that one thing that makes it super funny. And that's where I, I love to be. I mean, I'm, a, I'm inspired by the Muppets and uh david letterman and conan o'brien and all those silly like really like all those silly things that are distilled but really have like kind of sh- a sharp eye at kind of capturing the human experience you know so that's yeah. fan- that's great i love that and yeah. um uh so you know you bring this amazing comedy voice to a black lady sketch show you 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 write for the show what uh what was like the thing that you were most proud of or enjoyed most uh, from that season working on that, on that show? I honestly, I think I w- I'm so grateful that my first writer's room ever was a writer's room that was so affirming personally to me. It was the whole, the entire writer's room for a black lady sketch show are black ladies. And you're sitting in this room and, and if you're in a general writer's room you're with these people like 12 hours a day and so you've got the talent but you also have to be able to get along with like 
seven other people all day long and still be funny and create something together. And so mm. we were able to sit there and be funny and talk about the funniness of like the world, specifically from our point of view. I mean, where else in what other job can you talk about relaxer burns <laughs> for like 30 minutes and try to find the comedy in that, you know what I mean? And so, and that's the only, you can only do it in a show like that. And so I think having that, having a Black Lady Sketch Show as my foundation showed me that my viewpoint is is powerful and needed and Black women have something to say and have, and can be hilarious. We don't have to be a spirit guide. Uh, we don't have to be like, like your awesome show, A Magical Negro. Yeah. Uh, we could be, well, we could just be magical. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be the only one. Well, we could mm-hmm. be a magical and just be silly and fall down and do pratfalls and, yeah. you know, be crazy and mm-hmm. still have fun, just like white men have been able to be for years. And so, this is the only show that's allowing Black women to do that. And, and I don't know. I, feel, I can rap, I can I can wax romantic about it <laughs> all day. But yeah, I feel like I feel extremely privileged that that was my first show and it's definitely inspired my my new shows and everything else i'm working on we'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. Uh, we're back with our amazing guest, Arantia Carter and we've talked about your incredible Emmys experience. We talked about your inspiring time on a black lady sketch show and your journey as a writer. And, you know, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you love Prince. And so for this third segment, I have uh, developed a game. And by developed a game, I mean, like, I kind of have a seed of an idea and then we'll kind of like improvise it here on the spot. Uh, But basically what I did was I collected some facts about Prince from crack.com 
Uh, and this was an article by Amanda Mannon called The 15 Princess Facts About Prince. And uh, so we're going to play a game. Uh, and I'm going to read what might be a fact about Prince. And you can say either true, false, or Prince. So true means it's true. False means it's false. And Prince means it's Prince. So I guess that last, that third meaning can be whatever you want it to mean. And also the stakes are very high. So it's like if you win this contest, you get a Ferrari. But if you lose this contest, you also get a Ferrari. So it's just like the okay. stakes are super high. Okay. So, All right. Uh, so we're going to start with some uh, Prince facts and we'll go from there. Um, so here we go. Uh, so first one. Uh, Prince is the reason we have warning labels on CDs. I'll repeat again. Prince is the reason we have warning labels on CDs. Is that true, false, or Prince? It's true. That it's is true. true. You're correct. You're yeah. correct. Yeah. And so Girl, this is the, me, baby. Absolutely. So so this is the <laughs> so so this is the blurb from uh, crack.com. It says, All right, so you know those parental advisory explicit content labels you'd see on CDs back when CDs existed. It was all because Tipper Gore bought her preteen daughter a copy of Purple Rain before she heard Darling Nikki, as you said, uh, which she declared the filthiest song in the world when she lobbied <laughs> record companies for warning labor, labels. There's no Grammy better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. not even his dirtiest song. He literally no. has a song called Pussy Control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, Tipper. <laughs> All right. So this is the next uh, uh, round. All right. Uh, he routinely took over random hair salons. Is that true, false, or Prince? Oh, that's a good one. I feel like that is a, a Prince, a true. Great. You are correct. According to Crack.com, yeah. uh, Crack.com goes on to say that when Prince was on the road and needed a follicular refresh, his personal stylist would just find a salon in town willing to shut down for a day and black out their windows to do his hair, which was presumably always the first one they called. After he was spotted entering one such salon in 1984, the surrounding streets had to be closed down because fans erupted into a near riot. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I would, I would probably be there with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, um, uh, a friend of the podcast uh, and his, uh, a former guest of the podcast, uh, Annalise, has an amazing story uh, about uh, seeing Prince at a hair salon. I won't spoil their story, but what? it's 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 really cool. It's really it's it's a wild it's a wild story. Uh, all I right, love it. so uh, we'll do we'll do one more uh, Prince fact. All right, uh, so he was obsessed with the apocalypse. Is this true? False or Prince? I would say true. Yes, you are correct. According to Crack.com. Yeah. Uh, so this is what Crack.com says. It says Prince songs tend to be about one of two or both things, sex or Armageddon. Things were especially what I would say is about a number of things, but this is, I'm just reading crack.com right now. <laughs> but uh, things were especially weighted toward apocalypse in the early years with songs like 1999 and Let's Go Crazy that sounded like they were about partying like it's your last night on earth, but actually meaning it way too hard, explicitly referencing Judgment Day, the afterworld, and death. Uh, even Purple Rain is actually about the end of, quote, the end of the world and being with one you love and letting your faith, God, guide you through the Purple Rain, which is blood in the sky because red and blue equals purple. So that's 
I guess, one of the interpretations of that song. Um, So I thought that that was interesting. I did not know. I mean, I guess like thinking about those songs, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess those are kind of like themes that come up, but didn't think that. Yeah. 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 Which is really interesting. He was wild. I mean, I would say like between, I wouldn't even say sex and Armageddon. I would be like sex and God. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think for him, like God was sex for Mm -hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, he's an interesting dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> whether you went three for three, so congratulations, you win a Ferrari. Uh, yes. And thank you so much for playing True, False, or Prince, uh, the inaugural game. Maybe this game will come back at some point. Uh, but I also wanted to ask you too. I mean, like Prince is such, you know, an intriguing and fascinating artist, and it's cool seeing, like. I feel like there's so many different ways or entry points for why you would get, why one would be interested in Prince or what would draw you to him as an artist. And I, and I just wanted to ask you for yourself, uh, what is it about Prince where it's like you keep going back to it? And, and this may be many things, but, yeah. but, but I just was, I wanted to know. Well, I think, I think the main thing is, you know, I, you know, when Prince was alive, I, I, whenever he would do like something crazy in the news, I would be like, well, Prince does what he wants. And I think that that's it is like, I think Prince teaches everybody that you can make the art that you want. You can be the person that you want. You can be as androgynous as you want and still like follow your vision. Now, some there's, there's some may say that he went too far in the in following that vision to the point where he was like spending like 24 hours in a studio writing a song that is an extraordinary like level of commitment to that but i i kind of look at prince the same way i look at improv it's just kind of like mm. it takes away all the shackles that you have in that what real life tells you is like this is the box you should be in and it gives you a lot of pers- uh, possibilities for creating and creating art. I mean, Prince did a song, you know, on the Muppets, and the song was absolutely ridiculous, but it was awesome. Starfish and Coffee. I love and, Starfish and Coffee. Right? It's, it it's is an awesome song. It is such a great song. Yeah. But you you hear like you, you don't see a lot of people musicians that are like have Academy Awards and Grammy Awards. Like, okay, I'm just gonna write this song about Starfish and Coffee, maple <laughs> yeah. syrup and jam. Like, I'm just gonna yeah. do it. And I, I think that's great. And I mean, you know, one of my favorite stories about Prince is that he was supposed to open, this is when, this is before he, while he was recording 1999, he was, he opened for the Rolling Stones and he and the revolution got booed off stage. Like people were like throwing bottles at them because like his sound wasn't like reaching outside of Minneapolis yet. And he decided that he was never going to open for anybody else again. He was going to do his own shows. And I I love that he was able, I mean, he was pretty young at the time to be like, I'm going to take advantage, I'm going to take complete control of my image and my sound and my voice and just do what I want and and just bank on it working out. And it's going to be okay. I'm going to be a black man from Minneapolis that wears lacy blouses and purple jacket and just do what I want and people are going to love it. And if they don't, fine. I at least made music that I like. And I think that's kind of like how I see improv, how I see sketch comedy. Um, and and yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Kind of and I, you know, I think it's so cool how you 
draw the connection between, you know, your love of Prince and your love of improv? And, you know, how did you initially come across improv? Like, how did you discover that and be like, oh, this is this is something I really enjoy? Yeah, I think everything major in my life has been in some sort of happy, magical accident. Just like mm. the Emmys, just like a Black Lady <laughs> sketch show. I took, I, you know, when I moved to Greenville, it was during a time that was like, very tough in my life. I was in this job where I was like very stressful. I was, you know, basically, you know, in working with students, you take on not only their academic issues, you take on their emotional issues as well. And you take that yeah. home with you. And so you need like somewhere to like express that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually, so I, I used to DJ at that during those times. And so I DJed a yeah, I have a lot. I have layers in my room. Yeah. Uh, I DJed like a benefit for our unhoused population in Greenville. And I had a silent auction. And one of the th- the prizes in the silent auction was a free improv 101 class. Mm-hmm. I didn't win it. Someone else won it mm-hmm. and decided to give it away. And I was the person that got it. Wow. And so, yeah, like I I knew, I knew like the comedy scene. I knew a lot of the stand-up comedy. I knew a lot of the imp- improvisers in town. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about it, you know. But I took that first class with my my everyone remembers their one-on-one teacher or their level one teacher mine was yeah. Wendy and one of the first things she said was like we're just adults playing pretend man it's yeah. not it's not a big deal yeah. we're being cats and it's ridiculous but then you can go back to your normal life after that and I and that was what broke it open for me and I fell in love with it immediately I mean and I think I wasn't great at it no one's great at improv starting it I like to think mm-hmm. I'm, an, I'm a genius and I was always good at improv. <laughs> so I, yeah. And I knew that I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. I don't know where this is going to lead. And maybe it'll give me good uh, stories to tell at parties. But yeah. So I threw my lot in with that. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool about like how start from a DJing gig, silent auction, you get a class, you start doing the class. And I just love just seeing how, it's all like evolved and, and, and built over time. Um, yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, well, we're going to move on to our final segment of the episode and it's called uh, the spring of inspiring inspirations. So this is when we Ooh. share an inspiring quote uh, to end things on a positive note. And so given that we were talking about Prince this segment, I pulled one of Prince's many quotes. And so, Uh, This is a quote from him where he says, to create something from nothing is one of the greatest feelings. And I would, I don't know, I wish it upon everybody. It's heaven. And I thought that that was really, really Prince-like and and, and fun. So, uh, I mean, he's basically describing improv. I was going to say, right? For (laughs) sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Well, it 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 was such a pleasure having you on the show. It was great to get the chance to talk to you hear uh, about some of the things that you've been up to uh, for folks that are like, oh man, Alrenthia, I, I, I want to follow this person. I want to support them. Uh, what what should they do? How, how can people follow and support you? Yeah. So the benefit and sometimes the pain point of being named Alrenthia is I can't hide anywhere. So you can, I'm the only Alrenthia on the entire planet. I Google myself just to make sure every couple of years. <laughs> and uh, so I am Alrinthia everywhere on social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, 
You can find my website at rinkypower.com and see all of my ramblings, my blog that I I, uh, I abandon every now and then. <laughs> and uh, you can see my photography at southernfilter.com. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So just Google me, guys, Absolutely. and you can find me everywhere. Awesome, awesome. Well, Arantia, thank you again so much. And listeners, thank you, as always, for tuning into Ridiculous News. Uh, we know you have a lot of choices of what to listen to, so... We say this genuinely. Thank you. And you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com and on Facebook and IG, follow Ridiculous News. And you can check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy. Thanks so much, y'all. Farewell. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.